Thanks for joining us on Stand Strong in the Word podcast with author, speaker, and worldview expert, Jason Jimenez. Stand Strong in the Word podcast is devoted to walking listeners through the Bible in a fresh and powerful way. We pray your spirit is nourished as you gain new perspectives and a renewed appreciation for God's Word. Now, here's Jason Jimenez. What's up, my friends? Jason Jimenez here. So glad to be with you here on Stand Strong in the Word podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in as we continue our study looking at the Passion Week. Now, just to bring up to speed, if you've missed any previous podcast, and as always, you can go to standstrongministries.org. But for those of you who have not been able to catch up to this point, where we left off in Podcast 105 is we were examining Jesus before Annas. And then he was placed in a waiting room. And there, Jesus was mocked. He was being made fun of. They were shaming him. And we're experiencing at that point as best as we can to to realize what our Savior was going through for you and for me. You know, we often look at the flogging and, of course, on the road to Golgotha, and there he was crucified and lasted no more than six hours that we're going to be looking at in the next few podcasts. But we have to realize during this transition, before Jesus appears before Pontius Pilate, looking at what he endured for you and also for me. And it's here on today's podcast that we're going to be exploring now the denial of Peter. We're going to be evaluating his heart, where he was at as he was pursuing Jesus to find out the fate of his master. But yet in the midst of this, we know the story. Peter, who once said that he would die for Jesus, who rushed and cut Malchus's ear off, and Jesus told him to put his sword away, is now going to be denying him several times as Jesus is being betrayed in front of the Jewish Sanhedrin. So that's where we pick things up here now in John chapter 18, beginning in verse 18. It says, Now the servants and officers had made a charcoal fire because it was cold, and they were standing and warming themselves. Mark 14 verse 54 says, And he, Peter, was sitting with the guards and warming himself at the fire to see the end, it says in Matthew 26 at the end of verse 58. Now, there's several things here. One, notice that it's cold. This is roughly around the time in April, and the elevation of Jerusalem is a bit higher. So it's a cold time of the year. And so obviously, Peter, who's trying to figure out what's going to happen, what's the fate of his master, he wants to place himself closest to the fire to be warm. Yet at the same time, notice it says in Matthew 26, verse 58, he's attempting to go unnoticed. And then we're told in Mark chapter 14, verses 66 through 67, and as Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest, in John 18, 26, it says a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off. And this person comes, and in verse 67, and seeing Peter warming himself, she looked at him. Now, Luke 22, verse 56 says, seeing Peter as he sat in the light and looking, looking closely at him and said, you also were with the Nazarene Jesus. Now, Matthew 26, 69 says, you also were with Jesus the Galilean. And John 18, verse 26, it, it poses the question, did I not see you in the garden with him? So we know that this encounter, it tells us, when you take all the Gospels into consideration, 
this person who is a relative of Malchus, who Peter had just recently cut the ear off. So she's probably hearing the miracle, which that goes probably unexplained as how that happened. They know that Jesus is a Galilean. He's a, he's a, has, he's a Nazarene. And she can also clearly see that Peter is who he really is. He's trying to be someone that he's not. And she identifies him as one of his own disciples. Now, this may or may not be the same servant girl at the gate that we talked about in the last podcast who let Peter in, but certainly the relative of Malchus, the man, again, whose ear was cut off by Peter, would want to find his attacker and have him arrested. So it's even worse. Peter tries to go unnoticed, and yet the relative of the person he attacked identifies him. Now, remember, the view that Jewish leaders had for Nazarenes or for Galileans was, was of contempt for these lowly Jews in that region. So they were looked down upon. And so there was no praise for those type of people. So in addition to that, looking at Peter, he was a less of a person. Now, Matthew 26, verse 70, it says that, but Peter, he denies it. In Matthew 26, verse 72, in the very beginning, it says, with an oath, he denies it by saying, I do not know what you mean. Or in Luke 22, verse 57, it says, woman, I do not know him. So then in Matthew 26 and verses 73 through 75, notice it says, after a little while. So we don't know what happened after that. Perhaps the woman left or he left, but it says, after a little while, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, certainly you too are one of them. For your accent betrays you. Literally, that means your own speech gives you away. You are clearly a Galilean. And we know that Jesus is from Galilee. Mark 14, verse 59, it says, And after an interval period of about an hour, still another insisted, saying, Certainly this man also was with him, for he too is a Galilean. So as Jesus faced his enemies... And he remained silent. Notice the, the difference here with Peter. He remained in the vicinity to see what will become of Jesus. And yet he's trying to play it cool, but he's rebuking people by saying he doesn't belong with Jesus. He took a risk being there. There's no question. But yet people keep identifying him as a disciple of Jesus. I mean, the case in point here, even his own accent one person looked at his face and, and recognized him in the garden just that same very night. And then the way he speaks, so he's probably conversing with some of these people and they can pick up his accent. You remember Galileans uh, speaking Aramaic was quite different from the way uh, Judean people spoke it. So there was no denying that Peter was a Galilean. So just like if you're talking to somebody who's Irish or Scottish and you're from America, you're both speaking English, but your accents, you can identify from what country they hail from. But yet here, uh, Peter just continues to persist and deny these confirmations. So as Jesus was being questioned, are you the son of God? He verifies that humbly. Peter can't admit who he really is, and he rebukes it boldly and hypocritically, mind you. And here in verse 74, then he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear. So he, as a Jew, he's making this oath by saying, I do not know the man. And then we're told immediately the rooster crowed. 
a second time in Mark 14, verse 72. Now, in the effort to convince the people, Peter, notice what he does. He goes to great lengths to prove he isn't one of Jesus' disciples by putting a curse of death upon himself. So just like we would say in common language today, I swear to you, you know, on my mother's grave, you know, that I didn't do whatever. Like instead of your yes being yes, you go to great lengths to try to be convincing to people that you're not lying or they need to believe you, whatever the case may be. Now, in the King James Study Bible, in the notes, notice it says, when it says, and immediately the cock crew was probably a cock crow, which means the end of the Roman watch from midnight to 3 a.m., verifying the illegitimacy of the trial which is being conducted during the middle of the night. So a lot of times people think that the crow, again, is an animal, but several reasons why that's not true. In Jerusalem, you would not keep, you would not keep defiled animals. And the other thing that would make no sense to the region, the location where Peter was at at the time and getting him, him access into the gate. And at the same time, knowing that there was a high alert for Roman guards and they would keep watch like that. And there would be a signal, a sound, a cock crow that would be given to exchange uh, the guard watch. Now, Luke 22 verse 61 says, and the Lord turned. So at this time, the third time, the Lord happens to be within the vicinity of where Peter is. And it says when he turned and looked, in the Greek, it carries the idea that he simultaneously, as Peter looked over at Jesus, maybe perhaps for the first time as he's waiting to find out where is Jesus, and maybe he's being moved away from this waiting area that he was being shamed in, simultaneously, they both locked eyes. Now, this reveals that Jesus wasn't far from where Peter was, right? Sitting at the fire. And I can almost think as you're imagining this picture in your head, that maybe Jesus was in a location where maybe he can be hearing Peter, the top of his lungs, rebuking him, denying that he is a follower of Jesus. And you know, remember when we talked about in the previous podcast about the shaming that Jesus was going through before he appears before Pontius Pilate, before he's flogged, before he's crucified, his own disciples were upset with each other in the upper room. He washes their feet. Judas betrays him. They break out into another argument. They can't even pray with him. They keep falling asleep. Things are not making sense to them. And then when Judas comes and kisses him to identify who he is so he could be arrested, they don't even know why they're arresting him when Jesus confronts them. And he's betrayed by a kiss. And then when he's being arrested, they all abandon him. And then he's being mocked. He's illegally tried. And then to hear one of your closest disciples with a t at the top of his lungs, cursing himself, cursing himself to death by saying, I do not know this man. That's painful. I, I mean, we have to realize, my friend, that this is the Son of Man. This is God in the flesh. And the Bible tells us that He in all ways was tempted, yet without sin, that He can sympathize, that He endured so much for you and me. That's just very painful when you think about it. And then we're told here in verse 75, and Peter remembered the saying of Jesus. And what did he say? 
before the rooster crows, or in Mark 14, verse 72, before it quote, crows twice, you will deny, meaning you will renounce me three times. And he went out and he wept bitterly. I mean, this got to Peter so much that he broke down crying. And even though, you know, the amazing thing is in this story, as, as often as I've looked at it through the years, although Peter denied Jesus three times, we know the story, my friends, in the Christian faith. In John 21, verses 15 through 17, after the resurrection, after some time has gone by, and they go back fishing, and there's Jesus on the shoreline, and he's making them breakfast. And they had fished all night and they caught nothing. And he tells them to throw it on the right side. And they listen. And then Peter realizes that's Jesus. So Peter denied him that night three times. And at this period of time, later, Jesus restores Peter. And he affirms him three different times. And it's a way that Jesus comes alongside Peter as he does you and me. And when you and I blow it, when we fall short, when we do things that we regret, and we go before him again and say, Lord, forgive me, I'm sorry, I won't do it again, God is always there to forgive you and to forgive me. So as I conclude this podcast, it's a short one today because I just want us to be fixated on Peter's denials, but ultimately his reconciliation to Jesus. So whatever you're going through, friends, if you have made promises to God and you haven't kept them, if you yourself maybe have abandoned your faith and and you're listening to this right now, I, I plead with you, be reconciled to God. He's a loving God who's there to embrace you. He sent his only begotten son so that you and I can have everlasting life. And he does not desire that any man perish but that all come to eternal life. So if you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can pray this prayer right now and say, Lord, I admit, I admit that I'm a sinner and that I need a Savior. And I believe with my whole heart that Jesus, you came into this world, you lived a sinless life, and you died on the cross for my sins and for the sins of mankind. And without you, I'd be dead in my sin, but I receive your forgiveness. I ask that you wash me clean, that I'm a new man in Christ Jesus. And the life I now live, I live for you. And knowing one day I will be reunited with you. If you pray that prayer sincerely, as the Bible says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believed in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you, my friend, shall be saved. God does not turn anyone away who openly and humbly confesses their need for him. And so if you desire that, he will not disappoint. Now, if you're a believer and you've listened to this short synopsis of the life of Peter at this period of time in his life as he denied Jesus and he left bitterly, and you find yourself right now in life broken, and maybe emotionally you've been crying a lot and you're very disturbed and you're struggling your walk with God or in your marriage or in a particular relationship or in direction, I just want you to know that you are listening to a ministry that believes in God's divine hand. 
believes in providence, believes in miracles, believes in the powerful, infallible Word of God, believes in the convicting and working of the Holy Spirit. And all you need to do, my friend, is say, God, I'm lost without you. I need direction. Like Peter, who was so fixated for whatever reason to deny you, to renounce you, you've restored him. He was broken here, but without forgiveness. But then he was broken later with your forgiveness. So if you're broken, God can pick up the pieces. Will you let him do that? Friends, I just appreciate, I just want you to know this as I close on today's podcast. I appreciate your prayers. Many of you I'm friends with, many of you I get to see you as I travel the country. Many of you guys read our books and you send such kind notes and you send your questions in and your prayer requests. We're just thankful to be a part, a little part of your life as we grow in our faith together and as we stand strong in the word of God together. So I pray today has been a blessing to you. And until next time, keep standing strong, my friends. For more information on Jason Jimenez and Stand Strong Ministries, visit us at standstrongministries.org. Thank you for listening and keep standing strong in the word of God.